0: the fall. There were podcasts. These podcast people would listen to. Families would gather around their podcasting device, and they would listen to great shows in their earholes. But now, no one listens to podcasts anymore. Except for Mark Marin. Lock the gates. Jared, what are you, what are you talking what? about? Huh? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm trying is, to do my... What is the fall? I'm doing my interstitial between when me and you have adventures. Like, I'm going to, like, talk about a thing that I, I didn't get to experience because the fall happened. I mean, I'm okay with an adventure, but what is the fall? Y- you know when the leaves change? Oh. Um. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> this is the Indie Film Review. Welcome in.
1: Welcome one, welcome all, welcome to everybody who does not listen to Mark Marin.
0: Wow. Uh, <laughs> Shots fired. I mean, he's
1: been doing it forever. He needs to share the split the he, shares. He does.
0: He does. He he's needs like to throw a the Elon Musk of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe more humble. I'm so confused. What do we do? I'm, like, why are we talking about Mark Barron so much?
1: <laughs> Here at the Indie Film Review, we like to watch Indie Films and we review them. Imagine that.
0: Oh, thank um, God.
1: This week, we did watch an Indie Film. It is mm-hmm. submitted to us by Hudson Phillips, who is the writer of this film, directed ah. by Jordan Knoll, starring Bell Adams, Sophie Edwards, Carrie Walrond, Hood, and Laurie Roach. Oh, and of course, Top Billing, Pudge the Pig.
0: Did you did you say the name of this film?
1: Yes. No.
0: <laughs> you should maybe do that. That'd probably be helpful.
1: (laughs) Yes, this film is called This World Alone. It is available to you on
0: Hulu. Hulu!
1: If you have the Hulu streaming service, it is there for you to watch. This World Alone is about three... Women living together, one named Sam, one named Connie. Sam and Connie are related as a mother and daughter oh. coupling. And then they have an, an auxiliary <laughs> they have an auxiliary woman living with them. Auxiliary <laughs> called, woman <laughs> called Willow. What? She she is not related to them. But after oh the God. fall after the fall, they um they got together and Connie kind of makeshift adopted her into the family. What so, is the fall? I don't know. That's never really explained. It's just um, like an apocalypse that some, happened, Yeah, right? some kind
0: of apocalypse. Something fell on the earth. <laughs> you know what? I kind of like that. I kind of like how it's just like, listen, apocalypse happened. We're in a bad place right now in time. We've yeah. gone back to the Dark Ages. That's all you need to know. That's not important. It's What's important is that we're focusing on these characters. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm into that. Okay, so Dan, question. I have a question for you. Yes. Did you think there was a theme in this movie? And if so, what was that theme? And that's it.
1: (laughs) Okay. So the theme of the film is it's a coming of age film. And it's about like the fear of uncertainty outside of the realm of your safety.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, There's a lot of literary references throughout. Yes. Literary literary allusions. Literally. Literally literary allusions. Anyway, there's a bunch of them because Sam grew up on books. And I feel like that's another part of the theme to it. She even Mm -hmm. says at one point in the film, like, we just quote books to each other. There's more to life than just that. So Mm -hmm. going off of that, you also have the idea of um, being sheltered within referential meaning. Essentially, Mm -hmm. like there's no exploration if you're just going to just keep, you know, the vacuum of literature going Mm -hmm. instead of exploring what's out there. And in effect, I mean, we can actually think about that as I mean, this is way off topic or not way off topic, but just way out there in terms of analysis. Like just the whole concept of originality is Mm -hmm. is brought up in that moment where she wants to experience new. She wants to create her own. Um, story so to speak and where are we in cinema history right now but like this extreme saturation of the Hollywood blockbuster where mm-hmm. nothing is quite original anymore we're only getting remakes or we're getting just an insanely huge intellectual property like the Marvel Universe or Star Wars mm-hmm. Universes so uh, you can draw that parallel to cinema I like to do that but you don't have to so uh, well it's
0: it be- yeah it becomes less about making something new and original and more about guaranteed money. Yes. for producers, you know. So it's instead of instead of
1: instead of, you know, your guaranteed safety, you go out into the world yes. and you meet somebody who doesn't know how to pronounce character names right.
0: <laughs> Which was funny. Yes. In in this analogy of her being stuck reading books and quoting books, would her getting out of her shell be writing her own book?
1: Yes, that's that
0: was that what I was cool. trying to get get out of it. I mean, maybe um, not a
1: book per se, but her own story. She wants to experience life. She wants to to yes. to break out of that that spell of you know I'm safe here, which it's it's a foreboding world in this post apocalyptic fall, but. You, you got to do what you got to do. But she she her her call to action comes in the form of something else, which we will get into soon.
0: Yes. I feel like there's a call to action, and then it was like a fake out, and then the real call yes. to action. Yes. And then that first one kind of gets tied in. I don't know. It's, it does some interesting things. Yes. So, okay. Dan, do you have a question for me?
1: I do. Jared, when in the course of a... Sticky situation, we will call them. I believe that's what they call them in the police officer industry. Sticky situations. (laughs) Um, If somebody is holding something close to them, say a hostage is being held by a a perpetrator, and there are guns drawn, um, the course of action is to not shoot the criminal. Shoot the gun. Shoot. because (laughs) You don't shoot the criminal because you have the risk of shooting the victim of the hostage what? right no no well then i got it wrong then because this film does it <laughs> twice and no, I'm, like, I'm, just Wait kidding, a minute. I'm just kidding i'm just
0: kidding yeah I, that makes sense you definitely don't want to hurt the person so were my question you, is
1: did you <laughs> how did you feel during those scenes because there are two of them in this film
0: man i wish we could talk about them
1: just give me your general idea like were you like okay, that happened,
0: or like, what the fuck are you doing, character? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand it, and it's a big point of contention with me in terms of how the plot is structured. There mm. are a few things that I just, I don't understand why they were happening. I, I get why, the I get it on a, in the emotional level of what was trying to be told to the story. I just don't think it made sense. Uh, in terms yeah. of how it was written. I feel like it could have been changed in a way for it it to it, to flow a little better. But uh, I can't go into more detail until we get into spoilers. But that is a very interesting topic I want to talk about, Yes, for sure. yes. Dan, how did you feel about the camera work, editing, and Muzak?
1: Music? music was great. It's a lot of um, ambient creepiness at times, but then a lot of really... It's it's hard to describe. Like it was intense whenever it needed to be intense, but it was kind of fancy free whenever it needed to be fancy free.
0: Yeah. And it wasn't intrusive.
1: No, not at all. Um camera work was great. Uh you get a lot of um really cool shots of just this wilderness that they're all part of. Um mm-hmm. and editing the, the pacing of the film I thought was pretty good too. Yeah. I can say the thing that stuck with me the most is none of those things. Mm. The thing that stuck with me the most is um, Belle Adams, her eyeballs, (laughs) just super expressive. They're bright blue. And she spends (laughs) a lot of the time very wide eyed because she's, you know, (laughs) a wide eyed young girl trying to to explore the wilderness. And there's like it's just it's mesmerizing how blue they are. It's ridiculous. What a weird thing to say. I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that's like if I had to think of one thing that I remember the most from the movie, it's just like her expressive eyes and her facial expressions. Yeah. Also, another thing that I remember a lot of from the movie, or that stuck with me, was just how poetic those um, narrations with the interstitials are. So mm-hmm. the interstitials that Jared's talking about that we made fun of at the beginning—they are um, just um, Sam's character, Bell Adams. Bell Adams' character, Sam. She is. Narrating what life used to be like, but she never experienced it because Mm -hmm. she was too young to experience it. And she's like going back through history as if it were a book and she's reading it out loud to us. And over what is what this is over top of is these really cool collages. And it created a really cool effect where, you know, pictures that may not have had any. Credence to the film at all get put in to this collage and with the narration, they get meaning. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Also, the writing in those like just so poignant like this. This one, I think it was one of the last ones. It says any okay. afterlife that gets in the way of our current one isn't worth seeking out.
0: Yeah, That blew my
1: mind. It was it was crazy
0: pretty interesting. A lot, of, a lot of God talk in this. Yes. Very interesting. Another one that uh, stuck with
1: me, I'll just talk about it right now. Made sure. sim- um, She's talking about um, funerals and getting uh, condolence cards from people from a grocery store. It, she said of those, the cards made sympathizing something that could be replicated, which that mm. also blew my mind. Like, wow, that's exactly what we do. We try to replicate sympathy and Maybe that's not the whole point of sympathy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like corporatized sympathy. And we just kind of took that to be a norm. So what this writing did, especially these interstitials, called into question a lot of things that we take for granted,
0: I'll say. Mm -hmm. Well, here's my question. Do you think there was a way for them to convey this information without having to do the interstitial? Why did you not like them? I felt like they kept taking me out of the film. Mm. Mm. And I felt like maybe we could have had this information.
1: Well, I mean, you could have had Sam start writing a book instead of the collages Uh, uh, over the shoulder shot of her writing in a diary. Yeah. Is that what you want? No. See, I think they worked, but I can see what you mean. They took you out of the narrative a little bit too much because it happened uh, three or four times, something like that.
0: Yeah, it just kept because every time we cut to those... I thought some of them were interesting, but then other times I'm just like, I just want to get back to what's going on with Sam and Dart. Like, I want to find out. And uh, Dart's played by Larray Roach, who I thought was really good, too, as long along with uh, Bell Adams as Sam. Two vi- strong leads in this. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a great job. And I was just so into, like, the weirdness between them, you know? Like, yeah. uh, there's a big thing in this movie of... Mistrust. Well, there's mistrust. There's uh, wanting to be wanted. There's there's that need of. I want of, you don't want, me. Don't want me. Ooh, there's Dan's beautiful singing voice kicking I in. Need you. Okay, go on. Uh, all right. <laughs> this is what I get for encouraging him. Uh, but so there's a whole thing of like, oh, the, the men are supposed to be like the hunters gatherers or whatever and the women are supposed to stay at home and like do chores and be protected right and it's like it's interesting it's like these two ideologies are clashing one's mm-hmm. like well women can do whatever they want to do and as guy's proven like, by farting that's right the fart jokes hey you know what one of the only times i liked a fart joke really yeah how did you feel about it I was indifferent about... Indifferent the on the yeah. fart jokes! I think it was the leg lifting that really got me. <laughs> I was like, my goodness. Oh, my word, is what I would say to the film as I watched it. I my, adjusted my monocle. Um, okay, but you know what? Let's get into this movie. Okay. Dan, we're going to spoil it. We're going to spoil... We are going to spoil it. This world alone, 2018. Go check it out on Hulu. We're going to spoil it now. Here we go. Dan. Yes. Let's get into the good stuff first. Give me like a cool scene that you liked. So essentially what happens is
1: Sam wants to leave. She's tired of being at this compound created by her mother and She decides to run away because at one point they got a pig and they raise the pig so they can eat it. But Sam gets attached to the pig and they have to kill Mm. it and she's not happy about it. So she's going to run away from home and she gets a hundred feet away and then she falls asleep and then her mom comes and gets her. And then her mom's (laughs) like, hey, if you want to live out there on your own, you have to protect yourself. So mom turns into Mr. Miyagi and starts training her how to fight fight somebody off with a bat, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't give Sam a weapon, but then Sam kind of develops this makeshift shield as a weapon out of like this aluminum awning. And I bring that up because the first call to action was her leaving because the pig, the second call Mm -hmm. to action is she, her, her mom was like calling her weak, and she got pissed off. So she threw the shield away and then beat the shit out of her mom. And then Willow comes up and it's like, Hey, you need to stop. It's your mom. And then Sam pushes Willow off, but as she pushes Willow off, Willow falls on the side, the edge of this aluminum siding and impales herself. Mm-hmm. So now Sam feels super guilty and has to go off and get some kind of antibiotics from this place, this compound known as New Macedonia. And yeah. that's that's what spurs this 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 journey.
0: The call to action. Yes. Now, okay, before you go any further. Cuz we're going to we're going to have you tell the rest of the film. But there there are a few things I'd like to get into here. The pig thing. Yes. So you were alluding to it where it's almost like a hostage situation. Yes. That kind of doesn't make sense because. That pig was a hostage. I'm sorry. Well, yes. But (laughs) Sam is hanging out with Wilbur, the pig. Yes. And and she's like having a moment with them, you know. And the mom runs up and she's like, we got to kill the pig. We got to kill this fucking pig. And you're like. What's happening? <laughs> why do we have to kill the pig? Um, it's just, it's not made clear why they must immediately murder this pig. Now, if the mom was like, listen, we don't have any food. We have no food now. Uh, we are starving. We must kill this pig. Okay, that would make a little more sense, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that was conveyed in during this scene. She was just like, you gotta murder this fucking pig right now. I mean, So I took while it- she is struggling with the pig to kill it, then we have Sam's friend who also lives there, Willow. Willow shoots the pig. And that's when—that's what Dan was talking about where – because she's kind of far away when she takes this shot. If she yeah. would have just kind of missed well, no, by a let, few let's, inches, let's, she would have hit someone.
1: Let's set the scene a little bit more. Sure. You have Connie hovering directly over Sam and Sam hovering directly over the pig with a knife against its throat. It's mm-hmm. She's super close. She's like trying to comfort its head. She's trying to comfort its head while uh-huh. she's about to slit its throat. And then Willow gets like fucking dead eyed right in the pig's eyeball or something. Yeah. No, that, um, that doesn't work. <laughs> if anything, it was, it, was it was a through and through to the pig, pig's head and it hit hit, hit um, Sam to begin with. I, I don't know.
0: Also, my question is, why hasn't the mom been training her daughter
1: this whole time?
0: This entire time. Well, OK, so, so
1: one question at a time. There's another thing I want to address. The idea that you were talking about how it's there's a huge sense of urgency that we have to kill the pig. I didn't necessarily find anything wrong with that because I I feel like the way I interpreted it was mom is just already frustrated with Sam because she's like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. You're going to fucking get fall Mm -hmm. fall in with the pig. You're not going to want to take care of it. So mom came on strong. Yes. But
0: That was the, our first interaction with mom, though. And so I, think I feel like maybe what, we could have had more time with her and the pig, and then we realized, oh, the mom is frustrated by this relationship.
1: Now, that brings up my biggest critique of the film, and where the writing is very profound and lyrical in some areas, I feel like the narrative aspect of it is rushed in some areas, because that mm. that, that scene at the end, like the intense scene at the end, that was there was just so much in so little time. You know what I mean. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like it built up enough. So we'll talk about that whenever we start talking about the end. But yeah, it's it's one of those moments of the film, this pig moment, where it's like you, you're right. It's a huge sense of urgency, and you're like, what? Where is all this coming from? What? Why do we have like we? Yeah. What? Tell me why I need to care. Basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think this movie would have worked better if the two leads were younger? Hmm. Like. 13, 14-year-olds? Yeah. Because I feel like it's written for younger characters. Because Sam is so, like, high in the sky. Everything's great. Why can't we all just get along? Like, she has no survival skills. like She's, like, gleefully running in a field and just being silly around this, like, complete danger. And I love that juxtaposition, my favorite word, between the danger of the outside world and her naivete. And it would but, make,
1: it would make darts explosion at the end
0: more realistic to me. Yes. Because he's a, he's a kid. Yeah. And I guess they are teenagers in this, but they, I don't know. Like if they mm. feel like they're too old to be yeah, acting I, the I, way I, they're you're acting. You're right.
1: I agree with that hundred percent.
0: And it was distracting to me. Cause I'm like, how I don't understand how the mom hasn't taught her how to survive. Cause she says like, my mom taught me to not trust anyone and all these different things. And I'm like, then you know this. Why are you acting the way that you're acting? Because she's a carefree spirit. Yes, but I don't know. Well,
1: no, she's it's, strange it's, it's, it's written into the script that she she kicks herself for being naive. Like she catches yeah. herself in naivete and mm-hmm. she's like, well, fuck, I'm stupid. I shouldn't have done that. How can I be so stupid? And I, yeah. you're right, that that would have been more like if it were more coming of age in terms of the Mm -hmm. age, because you're right. It does feel like they're a little bit too old.
0: Another thing is, so this film feels like a PG 13, a more relaxed version of like a dark apocalypse type of film where, okay, we're going to be learning some things and going on this journey, but we're not necessarily going to get like intense gore or something crazy. But then at the end, the movie gets like, it's like a hard R like, some mm-hmm. crazy shit happens. How did you feel about that when that showed
1: up? It was surprising. It was it was jarring, but it was jarring in a good way, I guess. Yeah. But I think that is the catalyst to the fast-paced at the end, the fast-paced writing at the end. Okay. So it is jarring visually in a good way, but narratively speaking, it's what set the whole rushed ending mm.
0: to me. Mm-hmm. So another thing I thought about is, okay, we're going to talk about, like, survival and uh, what you're willing to do to survive and what you have to do and, like, that thought process with, well, okay, it's not – life can't just be about survival. You have to have more to it than that. You have to have, like, joy and creativity and you have to trust other people or you're just going to live a a life of solitude and what's the point of that if you're just surviving – by yourself, you know so I thought that was interesting maybe that could have been like hammered a little bit harder with a different animal mm-hmm. and I, this would make the film a bit darker but instead of a pig because a pig is a very accepted thing to eat in most societies I would say all probably right what if it was a dog
1: oh so you're that like be too dark you're taking
0: that hard R and making it an extra hard R is what you're <laughs> saying <laughs> Well, think about how much of the impact we as an audience wouldn't even need her to have a scene with this dog. Here's Everyone would already be 100% attached. We're like, oh my God, you cannot kill this dog. Yeah, you know what I mean?
1: What would that do? That Okay, so the narrative arc, if the audience can follow along, um, think about your, your, your three-act structure. And um, in between the three-act structure, you have... Crises that go up and then down, then up and then down. Yep. You just go on an incline like that. If it were a dog, then the it would be a reverse bell curve, the narrative would be. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, it would, you're it, right. It, there you're would be right. something so heavy, uh, like zero to 100 at the beginning. Then we're going to just dilly-dally around here for a little bit, and then <laughs> we're going to hit somebody in the face with an axe. Um, <laughs> you're it, right, you're it just, right. It's it,
0: not a good idea. <laughs>
1: It it seemed like a good idea, but on paper, well, on paper, it seems like a good idea, but then filming it, just the visual aspect of it would would take hold, and it just wouldn't feel right.
0: It's a very provocative thing that the film does not need. Mm. It was just an interesting idea I had, because it would have more of an impact on the viewer, but then that would maybe sully it, like you're saying, It, it could... Uh, take away from the rest of the film Because it's so fucking intense But what
1: I did like about the pig Is uh, he was a, he was Another literary illusion They named him Wilbur mm-hmm. from Charlotte's Web So yeah. it's like this whole her This girl's whole world is dominated By the multiple worlds That she gets to experience Through text mm-hmm. And I think that I don't know I think it's a good narrative device Illusion but I, I guess maybe I wanted it more, like more,
0: more connections, really? because th- there's one oh, point where like, what if the real world becomes almost storybook esque? right? That would be interesting. Like things that are happening, start to infect but what's going on. Maybe,
1: maybe. But and she can draw illusions things to it. I'm, another thing I'm thinking of is maybe like she's she's realizing her world is not storybook esque. Oh,
0: you want to go the other way. Sure, yeah. Break that illusion. Yeah. Into what reality is, and then so it's at a coming that, of age, she starts to yes, grow up.
1: At that point, okay. what is Wilbur but a sacrifice of, you know, books aren't Innocence. everything.
0: You know? Ah, uh, mm, yes. 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 The toils of youth. <laughs> I originally said I wanted to talk about good stuff, and I feel like I've been hard on the movie. Um I really liked the Peter Pan sketches.
1: Mm, yeah. And
0: there were flashbacks, but I it really helped me understand the characters more and get to like them better. Uh, and so basically the 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 three women, the three central figures in this will do Peter Pan sketches with each other to pass the time as like entertainment. And they were re- uh, reenacting that famous scene where Peter Pan shows up, you know, to, to take the two kids to fly away to Neverland. But they've, uh, you know, they've all gotten older. You know, Mm. as he's, he never ages and he's like, what? You're not older. No, let's go on adventures. He's like, no, I can't anymore. You know, I have, I have a child now and like, I have responsibilities and that's a perfect story to show how the main character needs to become like, you know, like we can, like there's a fantasy that you're living in right right now and you need to get to reality. And then, so in that respect, I love it so much, but then she's like, well, I can live in this place and also keep some of the fantasy. But then, I don't know, by the end, do you think it just all goes away? She's like, nope, I have to be a grown-up now.
1: It it does all go away because there's an extreme loss of innocence. So we have to talk about this last scene and why this last scene is too rushed. So um, we we meet Dart and Dart... Dart? He 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 wants nothing more than to be friends with Sam. So he gets her the medication that she needs. She he's from New New Macedonia, Newfoundland, and he steals this medication and then leaves. But yeah you kind of figure out that towards the end that darts motives aren't very clear because th- his father or his, his surrogate father comes and chases after him and he, mm-hmm. they all meet the final conflict is at Connie's house. We find out that Willow dies and, um, Dart's Yeah. Li- she
0: dies from her injury yeah. before, uh, before the medicine and Sam antibiotics get there come. with the yeah. medicine. Yes.
1: So they're they have their period of mourning, but this new guy called Levi, I believe his name is, and um, he's he's the leader of New Macedonia, and they are kind of a new religious cult kind of town where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, the world's gone to hell, so let's just build it back up, and we need certain rules. And he goes off on this tangent about... Um, I forgot what the name of the book was, but like the 282 laws that were written by some ancient dude. And
0: that that went on for, for a bit. I don't, uh, well, I didn't mind
1: it, but, because that that set up his character, but the idea was he, he came to the conclusion of an eye for an eye. So even though Sam is his surrogate son or not Sam, but dart dart is his surrogate son. He's going to take his left hand because that's the punishment for stealing because yeah, dart and stole it, the they, they live
0: by this ancient law. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, even during that scene, the other characters are like, can we get on with this? Like when you're writing, right. And mm-hmm. then even you, even the characters that you are writing are bored by what, You've written, you know what I mean? It's just strange. I'm like, just well, cut it out. Like, just cut this. Because, like, I think having a cool scene with Le- Levi is would be fun. Um, I just don't think that this were Like, maybe we should have seen Levi before. Yeah. Like, have a scene already with him, and then he comes back at the end.
1: That's my biggest critique. We only get a a, a little bit of a Halloween stalking scene of yeah, Levi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, like, his buttocks, basically just looking at them in the distance. Mm. But what I am thinking of is exactly that. I I feel like the narrative towards the end would have been saved if we got more Levi in the film, because what happens is Levi accidentally cuts off his own fingers because Dart moves and then Dart picks up a gun and shoots him in the head and then turns the gun on Sam's mother and said, Hey, you were going to let him just kill me. What the fuck? And then shoots the fuck out of her. So... I mean... Again... My God. I I think your argument of if these characters were younger, that conflict would have made a little bit more sense because he would have been over-emotional. You know, Mm -hmm. I just killed a guy. I'm in a huge frenzy right now. But these characters have... I don't know. It's perceived that they have some form of moral code Mm -hmm. that... Dart just kind of throws out the
0: window at one point. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he had already done it once before. with the, So he steals, right? He didn't have to steal. Sam brought a a, a box of ammo, these bullets, rifles, yes. bullets, right? That was what she was going to trade with. But then Dart takes those, and instead of using them to buy the medicine, he just steals the medicine, and he steals a gun? Yeah. So was he planning on killing his dad this whole time? Like, why did he need the gun? That's what which I'm is,
1: wondering. Which is why I'm I, I have such a strange issue with the ending of this film. It just it, it, again, it feels rushed, and it feels like there's not a lot of explanation as to um, why the events at the end are happening. Yeah, like the the axing of the hand that makes sense, and I can see where. The fervor of Dart's character makes sense, mm-hmm. but it just felt too shoehorned in because, yeah. you know, we're in the last 10 minutes of the movie. We have to come to
0: a conclusion somehow. And then in, in defense of Dart's character, because I think there's some really cool, like when he gives that speech about his dad and how his that uh, Whenever his he sings the, and the gospel song all acapella, yeah. that was amazing. And his parents were stoned to death or whatever. I thought that was really great. And I I did start to like dart more. And then they did do a good job of showing that there's something going on with him. That's sketch. Like when he gets really upset, mm-hmm. when Sam goes to get the water and he's like, I thought you left me. You can't leave me. And I'm like, Oh, clingy. Ugh, what's going on with this guy. And so dart is disabled. He has uh, a deformed hand and a, a crooked foot. So throughout the film, he's, you know, he's having to keep up with Sam. Right. So, it it in reality he has to depend on everyone in his life because he's not as physically able as but everybody. But he wants to be as independent as possible. Yes, so he's tr- he's constantly trying to prove himself to be uh capable and willing to take care of others and like that's his fantasy in his mind. I feel like they would if they would have played that up even more. Mm. Um it the ending could have made more sense, but and like, I guess him getting the gun is him being like, OK, now I'm powerful because I have this gun. It just the whole idea of him killing the mother. Was such a leap in logic for me, it, it really because like if you really care about Sam, you're not going to kill her mother. Yeah. Even if she was going to let you get your hand cut off, you would yeah. think, you know, maybe I don't like this lady. And maybe I'm going to try to get her away from her mother but I'm not going to kill her. But then again, if these were like 10 year olds, like we said, it would make a little more sense. He's just like out of his, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we show Dart to be more mentally unstable. This movie unstable. is so
1: profound. I, I, I like the interstitials. I think they they worked okay. and I like the narration. Um, The acting was great. Structurally, the narrative works. It's just it, it the crises at the end just felt so... Squished together, mm, I guess, mm-hmm. and that—that that was the biggest thing that I had to be critical about with the movie. That's—that's—that's that's, that's the thing that bothered me the most. And then the the silliness of shooting. Well, the other one is um, Sam's about to kill Dart for shooting his mom or shooting her mom, and then Sam lets her live, but dur- Sam lets him live. But during that whole ordeal, the mom takes the rifle and is about to shoot Dart. So Sam Mm -hmm. doesn't have to have that loss of innocence. So there's that there's there's something that we didn't bring up either. Just the the preservation of innocence is a big theme in this Mm -hmm. movie. Like, let's not let Sam grow up the way that she needs to grow up. So I I guess Mm -hmm. that's another thing that we can think about. But overall, (laughs) I like the film. I would recommend
0: it to people. It's on Hulu. She doesn't kill Dart, the person who just killed her mom, too. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, I, maybe there's someone out there who would not do that, but I would super kill Dart if he shot my mom five times. I would not. What if he comes back? What if he goes back to town and gets all his fucking friends and they come over and kill you? I would hide. Man. I don't know, dude. Okay. All right. I would Um, die. So I would die a man overall. Yeah. I, I enjoyed a lot of this movie. I did think the interstitials were kind of boring at times. Um, and I think the big issue with this film is the conflicts. A lot of the conflicts in this either don't make sense or felt unnecessary. And, uh, I also think the editing during those could have helped a little more to maybe convey exactly what was going on during the conflicts. I'm thinking specifically about when Sam's friend Willow falls on the, uh, shield it's unclear how that happens, and the spatial distance between those, you know, so uh, because when a shield falls down, it lays flat. Like I don't know how you cut yourself. I don't because like the thing was like halfway in her. I don't know. This is a nitpicking, but it it took me out of the film when I would see things like this, and this would happen a lot throughout the movie. Or like these like little things of like, why don't you just do this? And then the film. My name is takes Jared. And if somebody gets possible. impaled
1: by something, I need to make sure that it's completely realistic. That's what you said.
0: Okay. (laughs) You know what? You know what? Fine. I'm not even going to defend that. I think what I'm saying is correct. And if Dan wants to be rude, Uh, that's fine. I'm just
1: kidding. I know. know. Okay.
0: So, yep. that's, uh, That's my closing thoughts.
1: Um, you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. If you are a filmmaker, please support independent film, as you all do. But we also have a fund for ourselves. If you are an independent filmmaker and you're submitting a film to us, the turnaround for your film is about six months. But you can go to our Patreon. That is Patreon.com slash IndieFilmReview. Give us a $5 donation, and then we bump you up to a much shorter list. That's and your right. film will get reviewed faster. Jared. Dan
0: also will give you a guaranteed internet kiss. That's yep, right. That's right. Straight mm. through the tube.
1: That one was kisses for was free.
0: Hey, 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 no, no free kisses.
1: <laughs> no
0: free kisses, Dan? Jared tells us about that Necropodicon.com. Necropodicon.com. That is necropodicon.com. If you search that on the Google, you'll go to a website. At that website is a list of all of the podcasts we are involved in in our podcasting network. Uh, A lot of really cool podcasts on there. I recommend you go check them out. And if you go to that website, at the top right of that motherfucking website, you can click on a link to the Discord. You can come join us on the Discord where we like to hang out and talk about Dan's Kisses and how much Mm -hmm. we love them so much. You know, fun stuff. So yeah, come check us out. Uh, Support independent podcast support independent film support yourself treat yourself go get ice cream go get ice cream right now go to cold stone get a double choco chip okay dan i appreciate you but you have the final word i will not sing cheap trick for you
1: (laughs) you can't make me do it I did not do it during the episode. I I will swear up and down that Cheap Trick is one of the worst bands of the 70s. Whoa,
0: dude. Shots fired. Hey, it's your best friend Danny here. If you enjoy art, literature, or the creative process, you may enjoy the comedy podcast Grow Out of It. You may even learn something about your long-lost childhood self. Or you might just get something like this. Mason and I hadn't really talked much. Besides our first encounter and the occasional, HELP ME STAND UP! We hadn't had a need to (laughs) really sit down. (laughs) Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.